Hi everybody, it's Paul Corbett again from Charles Fairman Company. Uh, welcome to our latest edition of the uh, Hop Catch-Ups. I'm uh, delightful, <laughs> delightful, I'm pleased to say I've been joined by Graham Gamash here um, from Toppenish. Graham, welcome this morning. Um, at your morning, my afternoon here in uh, Worcestershire, I think it's what, 8 a.m. in the morning there with you? Yeah, it's a, it's a bright, sunny, a little bit brisk, 8 a.m here in the lower valley, Toppenish, Washington, just Fantastic. uh of Yakima. Well, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, perhaps you could just uh, say a little bit about yourself and, uh, and the farm and, um, and we can move on to what, what, uh, what's been happening in the, in the crop this year. Sure, my name's Graham Gamash. I'm a fourth generation hop farmer. Uh, my farm uh, was established by my grandfather, Amos Gamash in 1948. And, uh, I, I purchased my uh, family out in um, 2013, and it, it, it's still Amos Gamash Farms, but I started a, an operating company, and we're publicly known as Cornerstone Ranches. And um, I was born and raised on the farm. I've been here my entire life, and, and uh, here I am for That's another awesome. crop year, 2021. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. So, so um just uh, so we, we know what varieties do you grow there Graham? oh uh we grow quite a few varieties we grow the uh, uh the proprietary popular varieties like citra mosaic and um simcoe uh, uh but we also grow quite a few public varieties uh we we've been growing cashmere since um it really took root uh so to speak with the brewers and uh, we've been the lar world's largest producer of cashmere, which is a public variety for, for uh, every year. We end up planting just a few more acres to keep that distinction, although unwittingly. Um, uh, also, we grow Galena still. We, have, uh, we used to be a huge Galena producer, but now we just have a small two acre plot. Um, of course, CTZ, uh, Zeus, Tomahawk, Columbus, uh, uh, we grow Pato, uh, Simcoe. Um, Are you Cass still growing the, the Chinook? We actually we still grow Chinooks. We used to be a, a, a very large Chinook producer, and that has whittled down over the years. And now we only have about 20 acres of Chinooks. Mm -hmm. um, I remember El Dorado, we're a large El Dorado producer as well. And, and uh, Crystal, I'm sure a few others that I'm not thinking of right now. But yeah, <laughs> about 11 yeah. varieties, I think. I know when we normally come out to see you uh, and uh, you very kindly uh, show us around the farm in, in your busiest period, but that's normally sort of Galena Chinook time. I, I think we normally sort of see those varieties coming off. So that'll be about the third week in September, I guess. Something third yeah, that's, that's kind of a mid late time. Yeah, we used to pick Chinooks. Uh, well, I mean, Chinook was a huge part of our farm for a, a long time and, and, and a lot of acres. And it's a very forgiving hop with its picking window as well. And now that it's a, a smaller variety and not quite as desirable, um, we pushed it late later in the picking window. Please don't say it's not desirable. We have a lot of customers who still love Chinook. It's a great. Well, we would hop. love to grow more for. I mean, that's that's a wonderful hop to grow. We it's one of my favorite hops. So we would love to grow more of those. We've been growing them for many decades. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a it's a very nice variety. I think a very underrated yeah. these days. I think it's something that uh, 
people should try more of. I think they tend to get a little bit excited by all these big new names that are coming in, but actually Chinook has got some amazing grapefruit citrus characters that uh, some of the other varieties haven't. So I agree 100%. It's actually one of the more memorable, memorable varieties from my youth. The cone structure being like a little bit flats on the sides and and uh, it's just it's a it's a wonderful hop. Super, yeah. super. And what else do you grow on the farm? Other crops uh, do you have there? Well, we're also a large apple producer as well. So we uh, we grow hops are our main commodity, bridge yep. uh, wise and and revenue wise. But uh, apples, um, we bit we started. Uh, growing apples in about 1982. My grandfather bought uh, uh, a small farm with uh, Goldens and Red Delicious on it, and um, nice. and we've been expanding ever since. And and it's it's a, actually a, a very integral part of our operation. And I guess that has been less affected by COVID than the hop side of things, I, I would imagine. Or has the hop side been okay? Or how is it? How has COVID affected the farm? I, I think uh, both hops and apples affected equally in, in just obscure, obtuse kind of ways that, uh, you know, it was, it, it was during the pandemic, uh, it was business as usual because it, it's still, you know, we were an essential business of being agriculture. People want to eat, people want to imbibe, they want to drink. Um, so we didn't stop. Uh, it was just a very strange time figuring out how to handle all these large crews of people and and uh keeping the virus from spreading we were knock on wood we were fortunate enough that we never had any any major outbreaks or any uh, uh any blips in the operation or or any big um tragedies on the farm and mm -hmm. and then on the marketing side it's been um it's just been kind of a hold your breath kind of scenario where there's a lot of uh just a, a lot of uncertainty that could tend to breed anxiety that you just shouldn't make any decisions on because mm -hmm. everybody just went from like long-term conversations to very short-term conversations. But the short-term conversation still was uh, a lot of volume, both on hops and apple side. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're, it's, it's still just business as usual and just a, a little more, uh, not, 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 not as long-legged business. So have, you, have, you, have you reduced the acreage at all? Have you kept it going throughout? What, what, what's... No, no reductions. No reductions. Um, there, uh, especially in 2020, there were some contractual reductions, but nobody um, asked us to remove any acres. And so we, we continue to, uh, we're still at full production. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. And um, from the variety side of things, I mean, uh, do you still grow any of those early varieties like Willamette or Centennial? Are you still growing those? Oh, we're, uh, you know, we never really grew very, very much Willamette. Um, we were and always have been a, a large producer for Miller Coors and not Anheuser-Busch. Um, uh, and, and the Willamette really came into the valley through the AB growers and uh, AB Direct. And we never really got involved with that. Uh, and, and then eventually it just Willamette production is better in, in the Oregon Southern areas. Yeah, yeah. And maybe kind of moved out, Willamette moved out of the Yakima Valley. And so we never grew that, uh, but we've been growing Centennial for many years and we're still a very large Centennial producer. Uh, it's actually the largest variety that we produce okay. uh, on this farm. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, because I know some growers struggle with Centennial because it's quite difficult to, to get to yield some years. 
It is, and it, it can be um, it can be a little unreliable. It, it, it throws you a curveball uh, every three to five years. It, it wants to do a, like a half yield thing, and and that can be hard to um, hard to mitigate. Uh, strong relationships. <laughs> that's, that's the cornerstone to, to to you know to a lot of things, and it's especially centennials. So you can kind of tell. Um, so far this spring and the way, um, it, it's very much the canary in the coal mine, the centennial. So growers that are familiar with it, will talk about, well, this seems like it might be a decent centennial year or an average centennial year. And, and that, that, that could, that means that it might be boating well for the rest of the varieties and, um, yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> you can, can kind of tell, especially by the first week of June or mid-June, whether the centennials are, are going to, and then most especially in July, yeah. whether centennials are going to yield well. And, and if they look like they're not going to do well, you start those conversations early with your buyers that it might be a centennial short year. So what do you think affects the centennial? Is it the heat or is it uh, something else that goes on in a, in a particular year? I mean, farming is definitely a very chaotic system and, uh, you know, there, there seems to be some order there, but it's hard to discern. And, and I'm sure a lot of growers have um, some pretty solid theories. Uh, I just, I, I, I think heat units are, uh, you know, definitely a big one. Um, yeah. But who's to say certain variety, there's these industry standards from crop year to crop year and certain varieties just uh, across the board don't seem to yield well on certain years or same thing with um, with the sensory profile certain varieties just seem to really pop some years and are muted others and yeah I, I don't know what I mean I would love to know what really affects all those things but there's yeah. I think so there, there are some on. some of these guys are scientists who come up with these uh with these ideas about what's affected it and how it's uh, how, how it's worked you think oh yeah that's right and then the following year, it completely blows the theory out of the yeah. water. Again. But Centennial in particular, if you have a very hot spring, uh, it'll want to explode out of the ground. And it can be exciting to watch because you, lot, you have a lot of vegetative growth, but it may not actually translate into a good uh, yielding year, uh, just because the inner node space between the, the inner nodes uh, you, you you may not have as many branching structures, which, yeah. which sets the crop. Um, so generally, hot springs tend to not be great centennial years, um, but generally, I would say. But okay, okay, so far this year. Yeah, this has been a cool spring. It's been very windy. Last year was a really windy spring. This has been just as windy, if not more. Um, the wind is it's it's hard to it, it's it it kind of affects your labor it's not really fun to be around and and it, it's not good for the heads because they just whip around it, it roughs up the plant um it also tends to dry things out uh it, it just makes it more difficult to farm um but i don't know i can't say that it's going to have any adverse effect on the crop uh it didn't really have it last year. The wind event during harvest really screwed things up, but yeah. um, no, so it, it's been a cooler spring and, and so far it looks like uh, uh, yield and quality are, are on track, you know. Very good, very good. And what about our old friend Cascade? Because this is a variety that we still sell a lot of Cascades in the UK and we are 
uh, a little bit worried about it. We hear sort of rumours about it not being so popular these days amongst growers. Is that the case? Or what, 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 is the, what is the situation with Cascade nowadays? Well, uh, you know, with the craft beer um, boom, Cascade, of course, was at the forefront because it's always been at the forefront of, of, of craft. Mm-hmm. And there was quite a bit of Cascade production um, in, I would say, in the late 80s and through the 90s. Uh, but with, um, with the craft brew, brew crate, uh, uh, boom, there's been a lot of uh, hop research and hop breeding. Um, and so you, where you get the citrus mosaics and Simcoe's that everybody's excited about and, and, and then new varieties that are coming on board. And they've just kind of shoved these public varieties into the back burner. Um, and the pricing structure is more appealing and just the, the shiny new object uh, syndrome that uh, you know, any commodity gets. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and so cascades have been slowly dwindling um uh and and then of course it can be it's susceptible the roots are susceptible to viruses it can get it can be difficult to maintain a cascade field uh as healthy and robust even the best growers uh are faced after so many years with the with the question of whether they need to renew that field just because the viruses started to get to get in right 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 that's interesting yeah, it can screw with production, um, and uh, and then it's susceptible, just like other varieties. With you know, just the crop year to crop year, it can have different yields, and and so it picked. It actually was quite short last year, yeah, to everyone's yeah. surprise, because normally cascades have been long, um, and last year it was kind of a double whammy where a lot of people have been removing them, and it had a very bad crop year uh for one reason or another uh and 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 just because the pricing structure for cascades hasn't been that great because it hasn't been as desirable of a hop and the inventories have been long there's a lot of old crop year cascades still hanging around in in, and warehouses and whatnot yeah growers weren't very motivated to rejuvenate their fields and so consequently, there's not very many virus-free or, or newer cascade fields out there, which means they're more subject to the viruses and variable production. So I think it was a, a double whammy, not as many acres. Uh, it's starting to get shoved to the back shelf. And then last year wasn't a very good cascade year either. So the, uh, as, in fact, it was probably the worst cascade production year I've ever seen. Wow. Okay. Um, it was considerably low. Uh, I, I have, I, I had a field that I, I ended up actually renewing, um, but it wasn't the greatest yielding field and it really didn't yield at all. It was about 50% production last year. Right. Wow. Well, I guess, the, I guess the message there for our brewer friends is um, if you're looking for cascades, make sure you get your contracts in early because it could be, this variety is going to struggle to, uh, to to have enough available on the market. So, yeah, and I and, and I think it'll it might take a couple years. Uh, uh, growers and buyers alike might be more interested in flushing out some of the older inventory before they're renewing that. You know, nobody's eager to to burrow into an oversupply situation again once things start to get corrected. And yeah. and last year, from an industry standard, might have been a good thing for that variety just to correct its its um, its position, and yeah. and and brewers that are really depending on it as uh, 
for their flagship beers might 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 be looking to 2019 crop or 2018 crop that's still hanging around, which you know could be still very good, high quality as long as it's stored and pelletized properly and stored correctly. Yeah. But yeah, if you're interested in 2021 Cascades, you should make sure to renew your contracts or go out and get a new contract. Get covered well early because they might not be there. Yeah, good point. Good point. Yeah, and um, I guess the. The, the availability of labor, is that is that been an issue this year? Have you managed to get enough people to come and do stringing and, and tying? Yeah, we've never really had an issue with labor on this farm. Part of the part of the reason is because of my uh, of the previous generations, they, they were pretty smart to get into apples. Apples uh, complement hop production very well. Yep. You're able to keep a pretty nice labor pool around for um, for apples and when there's not as much to do in the apples, there's a lot to do in hops. And so we can keep a pretty large group of people around um, year round. Fantastic, uh, fantastic. And then the H2A program through the US government that sources labor outside, uh, mainly in Mexico, but in other countries as well, has been a very effective program and growers that are, have invested in that, I think it's paying dividends for them, us included. So labor has been good, yeah. Yeah, that's very good, very good. And I always love coming to see you on the farm because we see those beautiful trucks that you use uh, for, for yeah. the hops. <laughs> I'll have to get I'm gonna have to get Charlie to uh, to cut in there with a little video of your uh, of your trucks going through the yard. Really oh yeah, I hope you have some footage uh, because uh, that's a point of pride that uh, my grandfather bought um, these uh, Dodge Dodges D4. I think they're called D4s. Dodges um, in 1974 uh, it, from the U.S. Forest Service. They were a retired fleet from the U.S. Forest Service here in Washington State, and we still have them running. They're they're, they're um, beautiful, they're beautiful all trucks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and they've yeah, got all the all the paint where well, worn where the uh, where the hops have rubbed against them over the years as well. They're great, great, yeah, looking, great. Yeah, the, the top cutter pushes them through the vines, and the vines wear on the top of the hood and. And there's a patina on there from from the hop vines wearing off the paint. If any of your brewers are interested in seeing that, it is it is pretty neat. Well, hopefully we can get the cut in with the pictures or or even a little video clip there that we can that we can add into the the, the piece here. And, yeah. and uh, uh, that 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 for me is a really is a really um, lovely part of the trip out to see those trucks working and see them uh, the way that you kept them going. They're uh, really really nice trucks, and of course. Following on from that, then we go into the picking shed, and you've got that beautiful uh, picking machine. Yeah, it's a it's called a Fontaine. Um, I wish I knew more about the history of the man who developed it. Uh, I, I, I should ask around. Um, unfortunately, I'm the uh, on, on my farm. Everybody's passed away except for me, so I don't have anybody to. My dad has passed, and my uncle and my grandfather, of course, and so it, it, history is a little harder for me to access. Um, but uh, it's it's all wood, and it was built in uh, my my grandfather founded the farm in 1948, and he built that machine in 1950, and um, we keep it running. And it, it it actually it's a very quiet machine because it's all wood, and it has a, a very gentle uh, way of picking, and and you know, uh, I mean obviously there's financial reasons that are advantageous to keep it running, but. Um, it, it once you know how to run it, it's actually a, a pretty, pretty uh, effective instrument. And 
and uh, we enjoy that picking machine a lot. Yeah, it's a, it's a real treat to come and see it. And, and as you say, the, the sound in it, I suppose it's a bit like a, a wooden roller coaster compared to one of these new metal roller coasters. It's much, much smoother. Yeah. And, and Well, probably a little bit bobblier. It does shake a little bit when you're standing on the top there, but it's- It uh, does. So we, we put a variable frequency drive on the main, on the main uh, picker, which is the actual Fontaine. But back in the day, it used to be a rope that you would pull on that would engage a, a slip clutch. And when that clutch would actually hit, the whole machine would, like the whole <laughs> building, actually, the whole building would do this wow. shaking thing until it wow. settled down and it would start picking. <laughs> wow. Quite now, scary. <laughs> it's a little easier on the architecture now with the variable frequency drive that we put in there. Very good. Very yeah. good. Very good. So, so through the season, what are your guys up to at the moment? Is, uh, is there much on in the hop yards? I guess there is in the, in, through the summer. Well, we just, May is a very busy month and a crucial month in hop production uh, with training, picking the right vines and putting them on the string, choosing, I should say, the right vines from the hill and, and then wrapping them on the string. And, uh, uh, you know, there's first training and second training, and we're wrapping up on second training, um, so to speak. We're, we're finishing up with that. And then with all the wind, the yeah. wind tends to break off heads or just flop heads off and so you you go back through certain fields and 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 try to correct that yeah so i was gonna say that yeah we're finishing up that and we should be done in the next couple days uh our crews have been bleeding off of um transitioning from uh training hops into thinning apples so we spend okay. a lot of time picking the little apples off so we can have the nice size perfect apple in our apple trees and and uh, that's that's an example of where labor really of the two commodities complement each other. And so we're mostly on apples now, but we have a small crew still going around fixing the wind damage and doing that second training. And, and I think middle to late of this week, uh, they'll all be committed to apples and hops will be we're just spraying and irrigating. Yeah, no, fantastic. And, and are, there, are they on, on schedule for this year? Because I know in Europe, quite, it's been quite cool spring and yeah. so particularly here in the uk the, the hops are still a good week or two behind so um you same know we here. hope yeah same here uh things things look uh certain varieties look a little more behind than others for some reason citra just blew up citra looks beautiful um cashmere really took its time to decide to grow and it was a little nerve-wracking but then we got a lot of heat last week and and it, and it and it blew up and and it caught up with where it's supposed to be. Centennial looks actually great. Looks right where it's supposed to be. Um, I, you know, I don't have any alarm bells going off. Everything there. A couple things do look behind, but there's plenty of time to catch up. So yeah, that's good. That's good. No, that's good. I think uh, cashmere is one that um, we sell a little bit of. We don't. We haven't sold an awful lot of it. I think it is a very good variety. That I think it's if if brewers are looking for something to take away from uh, from this presentation maybe that's something that they should try is, is have a go with the cashmere because uh, it does have quite an, an unusual very interesting flavor that uh, nice fruit yeah. characters and um very very uh, where people have used it they've been very pleased with it so it's worth uh, having a go with them i think yeah we found uh brewer demand has been pretty pretty strong in cashmere and, and it didn't taper off it it actually just continues to strengthen. It's a really interesting hop from the grower's perspective that it's such a light little fluffy cone. 
and you just don't think you're going to get much out of it, but it yields pretty nicely. And it's also unique. I've never seen a hop that whose uh, which sensory profile changes so much during the um, during the uh, the picking and curing process. So it it smells one way in the field, it doesn't smell like much, and then all of a sudden it takes on a very ripe characteristic, and 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 you get you get a a, a very profound smell, and then when you dry it, the smell changes quite a bit, um, and then when you bale it and you press it, it changes again. Wow, uh, and it's it's I've never seen a hop that is so um, dynamic and it's and it's profile that way, but I think it's pretty pretty consistent in the pellet the the feedback that we get. Yeah, um, pick dates are very important with uh, uh, so certain hops like Centennial you have to train it the right time or it's not going to be a very happy hop. Um, cashmere we're still learning about it, but it seems to be kind of forgiving in the growing side, but if you pick it too early, it doesn't smell like much. And if you pick it too late, you get this dirty diaper kind of off character <laughs> smell. So that doesn't sound right. <laughs> yeah, so the, I think here on Cornerstone Ranches, we we distinguish ourselves with that variety because we, we managed to get a, a very good uh, foundation with the rootstock early on. And uh, uh, I've been propagating from that uh, and 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 so we produce our own roots. I've never buy off uh, farm, so it's always been that same rootstock that we got. And, um, and and then we're we stumbled upon the correct pick date very early in the process, and we haven't strayed from that. So yeah. if you, if you get cornerstone cashmere, you get a you get a very specific pick date, which is a pretty guaranteed flavor profile. That's great. And once you, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Keep going for that same sort of yeah. date. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're not picking it or any earlier or any later. <laughs> I've smelled both, and that's not something I want to produce. We've been, <laughs> we've been lucky. There you go. Very good. So, uh, um, for the rest of the season, um, anything that's planned, or um, have you any acreage changes? Is it, it's quite interesting for us to hear about the way that you're looking to change, or the contracts are making you change acreage. Is there anything? happening or is your acreage pretty stable at the moment? Have you got one variety going up, one coming down? No, this has probably been, you know, uh, as as a, uh, a result of, and well, a double prong, I think that's always been a, a grower's goal is to not be too dynamic. Uh, it's costly to switch varieties. And then as in the baby year, I mean, this is what distinguishes Yakima Valley is we do have very good baby year hops, um, but the production's not as, um, uh, you know, is something that you can really count on. Um, so we don't really want babies. Um, and so it's been a goal to try to be all mature production. That has been really difficult. Uh, the hot market's been so dynamic. And so it seems like about 25 to anywhere 15 to 25% of our production has been uh, renewal every year. Um, so I've been working towards trying to get the right relationships and the right contracts so I could have a year, if not three years, where uh, it's just mature production uh, for a long time. And COVID kind of helped that out. Yeah. Uh, last year, there was so much uncertainty. There was uh, less rush to contract new, new, uh, new varieties. And so this year, 2021, is probably the first year. We do have some babies, um, but I can honestly say it's... Uh, 
almost entirely elective. And some of them is our cascades. I chose to renew some of our cascade um, routes just because it was such a god awful year last year with the viruses and, and industry-wide it produced short. So I, 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 and I had some breathing room. I didn't have a whole lot of other babies. So I elected to choose the crop year of 2021 to renew our, our, our foundation of roots. So with those viruses, once you've taken the roots out, if you go straight back in with some more cascade, is there a danger that that might catch them again? Or that what, once you've taken the roots out, you no, clear them? Yes. No, there is a danger just because you can never be quite certain that you have removed 100% of the roots that were there before. Mm. Uh, hop roots can be quite tenacious and they want to grow, you know, and mm. um, they're robust and, and uh, so you, and, and, and so it, you're not going to get the viruses out of the soil itself. Uh, I mean, you can get the virus, they're not in the soil, they're not going to hold over, but they will hold over in any organic matter that's still living from, yeah. from the previous crop year. And, and so uh, it's going to happen, you know, yeah. so you just get, yeah. you get clean roots in there. It's not a, it's not a, if it's a win. Um, if you yeah. can keep it as clean as possible, then hopefully you can just delay it for quite a while. And Cascade just tends to be really susceptible to these varieties. So, yeah. so you run your disc or your cultivator or a piece of equipment around through another field, and then they switch fields into that Cascade field, and that'll bring it in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, just, it's just a matter of time. Yeah. Yeah, good. And 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 how is everything else in in the Yakima Valley? Is uh, is everybody well and keeping out of trouble? Yeah, no, things <laughs> seem to be pretty good around here. Everybody's uh, waking up and turning their pumps on in the morning, and water's flowing, and things look good. And is yeah. the sports center back open? Which one? The the, uh, the one in, up in Yakima, the uh, uh, the the, uh, the, the Sundome. I, everything seems to be open. Yes. I mean, yeah. we're, uh, it's been, it's been a slow return, but, yeah. um, but you know, things, things seem to be coming back pretty, pretty, everybody wants to get back to normal. And yeah. It's Same here. Same here. Yeah. Yeah. It'd, be, yeah. it'd, be, it'd be nice. And hopefully we can get out and see you this year. Um, we, we missed last year, obviously with a lack of travel. And I think uh, there's still quarantine. If you, if you do travel to the States, that's if you're allowed in. Um, so yeah. we, we, we would hope to get out in September and see you again, but um, fingers crossed that the, the restrictions will have been uh, lifted by then. Well, we certainly would love to have you. Yes, the, it, it was, um, there's quite a lot of attention during hop harvest. It's a very interesting time. And so the lack of, uh, of foot traffic last year was, it was a nice breather, I'll have to admit. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, you miss all your friends yeah. And, you know, and we're doing business. And so uh, we want the attention, you know, so come on back, you know, <laughs> definitely you back on the farm. We in particular love your, your, your visits because you bring such a nice group of brewers from the UK and it's, it's good to have that international uh, perspective. We enjoy yeah. that very much. So uh, yeah, I, I hope that things work out and you can continue the tour. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm hoping we're, we're opening up steadily over here and, um, we, we're struggling with international flights right now, but bars and things are opening back up. So that's good. We can at least go for a beer or two now, which is, uh, which is great. Yeah, that on-site consumption thing, really, um, re yeah, we need it. So, we do. 
We do. It's yeah. good that the, the, the human species kept drinking, but let's start <laughs> drinking together again. I mean, right. Drinking at home is not the same as drinking in the bar, is it? No, not at all. Right. <laughs> we'll have to get together and have one of those next time we're over. But uh, thank yeah. you very much indeed, Graham, for joining me this morning. I really appreciate you getting up early to, uh, to come and say uh, hello. And I'm sure that our Listeners and viewers will have enjoyed the, the chat and your update on the crop. Really appreciate it. And uh, we, as I say, I hope to see you uh, uh, out in September. Fingers crossed. We hope that. Yes, fingers good. crossed. It's good yeah. to see you. Thank you, Paul. Okay. All right. Thanks, Graham. Thanks very much. That's great. All right. We'll talk to you soon.